You're listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast, inspiring commentary and intelligent insight from experts in the thick of it. Hi, everyone. I'm Mike Gualtieri, your host of Forrester Technopolitics. I'm delighted to have TJ Kitt, Senior Analyst and Expert in Collaboration and Productivity Software. Hey, TJ. Hi, how are you? Let's talk about Microsoft. In, in particular, uh, Steve Ballmer's announcement that he'll be retiring in the next 12 months, and we know what Big that news. means. Yeah. It means they need a new CEO. Indeed, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and boy, this this you know, there's a lot of speculation going on on on, on who this could be as an internal, as an external. But let's talk about Microsoft itself and and and, and what the company needs and and why uh, Balmer's leaving at this point. Right. Well, I mean, Microsoft's at the crossroads, really. Um, you know, so they've got pressure uh, kind of bumping up against all of their core businesses on the windows front you're seeing fragmentation as you move away from the pc market and right. kind of into the mobile device market and so that brings in competitors like google like apple on the pc side you know you're seeing uh, you know, more pressure than ever um you know on the enterprise front as well as in the consumer world uh, as people look at you know, the MacBooks and MacBook Airs as viable competing platforms uh, to use for their personal and professional lives, in their collab- in their you know, kind of office productivity business, you know they're seeing significant pressure from Google, uh, particularly around the Google Apps portfolio, yep. uh, which is challenging you know kind of their their traditional business model of you know delivering packaged software that businesses can consume. Um, and, and kind of forcing them to look at, you know, these as-a-service models, uh, which, you know, has been, you know, kind of part of Microsoft's journey all along, but, you know, has definitely been accelerated by the the pricing pressure that, that Google can bring to bear. Uh, you know, so you, you kind of see across these these core businesses, you know, the Windows business, the Office business, that there's there's a lot of change that Microsoft, you know, potentially needs to make in order to remain relevant and competitive, you know, in the years to come. And you know, I think, and they've what, been trying to make that change over the. They, they have. I mean, they've. Um, they've you know, they've, they, when Ray Ozzie came on board, I mean, his right. his vision was, you know, kind of a services and device company, and that's the that's the transition that they've been trying to make. Um, you know, be it in the creation of the Surface, um, as a as a device, um, and the creation of Office three sixty five and Azure, uh, as as platform and um, you know software services that that companies can consume. The acquisition of Dynamics, the acquisition of of Yammer, as other examples of moving into that, <clears throat> excuse me, that services realm. They acquired Skype too, didn't they? They did acquire Skype. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they they've been making acquisitions. The the question is, you know, how can a, a company that has grown up selling package software, um, really dedicated to the the furthering of you know, kind of the the personal computer on your desktop, uh, you know, having those things be key to their business model, really make that transition, and so. I, you know, I think what Microsoft is going to be looking for in that next executive is someone you know that you know is of that world um, and can bring the perspective of what is necessary to compete in a world in which you know their enterprise clients are giving serious looks at Apple and at Google, you know, as enterprise providers as well as some of these smaller services upstarts like Box or Dropbox, and then on the consumer side, you know, real challenges, you know, from Apple, uh, you know, from you know. Samsung and and so on. I guess the bright spot on the consumer side is the Xbox, though, right? 
the, the bright spot is the Xbox. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a video game player. You know, so, <laughs> you know, the Xbox, uh, you know, the, the Xbox One. The Xbox um, One, yeah. Looks, looks very interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, that's the question, right? I mean, the, the, the question is, you know, how does Microsoft pursue the, you know, kind of these divergent markets that, you know, if you look at them kind of collectively, could provide, you know, the talent necessary to really start addressing, you know, some of these issues. So in Xbox Live, you have a service model, um, a very popular service model, one that, um, you know, has you know, kind of onboarded in a bunch of different apps from from different consumers. I mean, I'll admit to watching HBO Go through my Xbox, oh, yeah, and watching absolutely. Netflix through through um, through that Game of thing. Thrones. Game of Thrones, absolutely great TV yeah, show. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> great, great book series as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of all of those things are are, are consumable through the Xbox interface, which means that Microsoft understands apps. It's just how can Microsoft begin to translate, translate that understanding in one business yeah. unit into other yeah. business units? Well, I, I mean, some of those core business units that, that you mentioned that have the pressures, you know, let's just take the office office division. Mm -hmm. um, that's a cash cow. I mean, Microsoft makes loads of money, Indeed. right? And I mean, if Balmer and team hasn't been able to make this transition yet, or do you think they've made progress toward? It? I mean, what what would what would allow a new CEO yeah. to 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 make this transition? I mean, isn't part of the problem? It's like, look, we've got this cash cow, yeah. Uh, and you know, on the one hand, we know we need to change. On the other hand, we don't want to mess with it. Right. Well, I mean, I think there's you know there are several pressures you know kind of going along with that. I mean, it's the internal you know kind of dynamics that that are at play. You've got P and Ls. You know that that own these cash cows yeah. and say that we need to keep moving the ball forward here. Um, then you've got kind of you know kind of the executives that are overlooking all of this and looking at the bottom line. You've got the pressure from the from the shareholders who are saying, "Look, share price has been flat. Let's see what we can do to kind of kind of raise that that share price." Then you've got kind of the the customers. So you know the calls that I take, um, you know from from our clients, are people that are at once concerned about you know kind of the licensing model that Microsoft has pursued over the years as it relates to office yeah but also acknowledge that it's very difficult to kind of break that that need that um, you know that, that um, desire to use the office productivity suite. addiction <laughs> I wasn't going to use that strong of a term but uh, <laughs> yeah you could pro you could pose it that way yeah. um, you know, the office productivity suite, you know, is kind of core to many business processes, right. you know, business intelligence, um, accounting, uh, document creation, and so on. And, you know, it's definitely best in class. Um, right. You know, so what is what is extant, you know, from um, the open office um, you know, movement or, you know, what you can find in the Google Drive portfolio does not, you know, kind of align cleanly as in, in parity with what Microsoft's providing. So, you know, kind of breaking that and saying that we're going to move away from, you know, what our clients are desiring, um, you know, to, to embrace some of these new models is difficult because there is still a need in the marketplace for it. And there's still, um, a, a, um, you know, kind of demand for it in the marketplace. So, I mean, I think, you know, that's where Microsoft is caught. Um, you know, businesses are, um, you know, models that are still embraced by very large organizations that spend lots of money with Microsoft, but still a, kind of a, having a need to have an eye on the future in which, you know, newer companies that are going to be very big over time aren't starting off embracing these models. They're embracing things that are in the cloud, um, that are lighter touch, that are built for purpose, uh, and and that's you know kind of askew this this we're going to be broadly horizontal model. Yeah, I th I think that's what's frustrating 
uh, to me when I look at Microsoft. Because as you said, look, they have a lot of best-in-class products. I mean, mm -hmm. their their product innovation is there, right? right? They they you know they acquire a product, they bring it up, uh, they constantly evolve their existing products. But something isn't hanging together on the delivery side. It's like right. you said, they're kind of locked into that 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 PC model, right? And uh, they have not won at mobile. Right. Uh, they have not won at tablet. Um, I wouldn't say that that's over. I mean, look, iPhone dominated, now Android dominated. I mean, you know, right. it, it's still, it's not probably not too late to become a winner. But would you agree that they need to be a winner um, in mobile and tablet to, to continue? I, I think they need to be strongly competitive. I, I You know, I if I look at this world and where it's going, um, it's, it's hard to envision a world in which one player is the winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what you'll, I think in this world, particularly as as George describes, you know, George Collins describes this world in, in which there are ecosystems. I think it's important to be at the top of your heap. Um, you know, yeah. to have vendors that are willing, ISVs, um, implementation partners, etc., that are willing to gather around you and extend your services. Um, but it, I, I don't think it's going to be as clean as saying that. Going forward, there's going to be one definitive winner in any given category. I think there will be the kind of people that are jostling, and that's good. I mean, in, in, yeah. in our system, uh, you need multiple viable candidates, uh, you know, for there to really be a kind of a, a real market there. Um, and so, I mean, I think Microsoft in mobile needs to be a viable player. And I think in the services space, um, you know, be it on platform as a service, be it in software as a service, they need to have viable offerings and then you know i think because there still is going to be an on-premises market i think they need to you know still have a, a mechanism for serving those those industries and those companies that aren't willing to make that transition but with an understanding that you know kind of carrying you know that on-premises world in addition to that services world is going to be different or is going to be difficult in that you're going to have to make you know some uh, either alignment choices or you know, make a clean break and say that what we deliver in the cloud is going to be different than what we deliver on premises and what you go to the cloud for isn't necessarily the same thing as what you're doing on premises uh, so TJ you've been to Redmond a few times and you've been a Microsoft follower and watcher as mm -hmm. part of your uh, expertise in collaboration and productivity that qualifies you to give advice to the next Microsoft CEO <laughs> what would your <laughs> advice be well, <laughs> <laughs> and he will be listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he will be, or, or she. I'm sure he, he or she. <laughs> he Absolutely. Or she, yes. Yep. Um, so I mean, I think kind of the bottom line is to the point that you made earlier is that there can't be a fear of breaking with the past. Um, I, I think you know where really you know, kind of forward-looking you know, companies have have succeeded is in recognizing that the end might be nigh for particular businesses in divesting. So if I look at IBM, for example, you know, they were still a healthy business in, in PCs, for example, for them. I mean, right. my father was a 30 year IBM or I only ever worked on IBM machines. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> and then IBM decides that uh, my first laptop actually was a ThinkPad and then Microsoft or excuse me, IBM decides that they no longer want to be in that business yeah. uh, because yeah. they're going to focus on, you know, where they see the future, which is in, you know, kind of this, this global services model. And they were making, they were willing to make that transition to say that, you know, where we can, you know, kind of drive the most revenue, where we can 
create the most shareholder value and where we can be really competitive as a company is in saying that we're going to divest, sell that business to Lenovo, and focus our energies elsewhere. That's actually amazing when, when, you, when you put it that way. Because yeah. Microsoft is not, I don't think they've ever done anything or, or made a move like that. No, no. I, I mean, not that, that I can remember. I mean, I, I think that they've, they've dropped things. So, I mean, you know, if you yeah. had a Zune, <laughs> yeah. for example. I still have it. It's in my trunk. <laughs> right. yeah. but, um, but, but just to kind of say, you know, hey, we're, what we see as the, as the future of SharePoint, you know, just as an example, is not that we're going to you know, kind of continuously create, you know, ever bigger you know, kind of SharePoint platforms, but to say that really the future of, you know, our collaboration portfolio is in the cloud. And so the ability, the capabilities that are available in SharePoint Online, that's what we're going to build around. And we want to take you, customer, with us on that journey, as opposed to you know, kind of continuously trying to you know play nest that walk yeah. that fine line by saying that here's here's the on-premises version, here's the cloud version. Just definitively saying that Microsoft's vision, just as an example, Microsoft's vision for collaboration is Office 365. The capabilities that we're going to be building out in Office 365 kind of build for us a vision of how communications and collaboration should happen going forward. Let us take you with us on that journey and let us begin putting some of these these old ways of doing business behind us. But that that takes a willingness to break with the past. It takes a willingness to ruffle some feathers and it takes a willingness to say to unleash, I guess, a lot of that that talent that I think they have internally. Yeah to think differently about the products that they over which they, they watch. Right. TJ Kitt, thanks for joining Forrester Technopolitics. Thanks for having me. What uh, What's your favorite Xbox game? You've been listening to the Forrester Technopolitics podcast. Read more about the technology fuel disruption and join the discussion at blogs.forrester.com.